I know the DJ. Do you? Welcome to episode 20 of But I Know the DJ, a podcast discussing all things DJing, music, nightlife, business, and pop culture through the unfiltered opinions of host Snacks. Give me Snacks, baby! AKA Snacks Steel, powered by Dope Entertainment and our sponsor Anchor. As always, I'd like to shout out our Black-owned business of the week, Adorn Boutique Studio, a boutique kids party venue suited for children ages 5 to 13 years old. More than just a kids party venue, Adorn is a posh destination that defines exclusive pampering. Um, tile luxuries and all-inclusive party package you can check them out at adornboutiquestudio.com or on instagram at adornboutiquestudio now introducing our guest for today's episode representing team hennessy boston with 20 years experience of bringing people together through nightlife and curated events we have rob eugene aka boston rob in the building came correct <laughs> with a ball of Hennessy. So we've obviously poured up. Um, welcome. We're super happy to have you. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers. Just take a sip real quick. And done right. All future guests, please take notes. <laughs> you clearly come correct every time. I mean, it's... It's it, it's, it's only you, right. Yeah, you're definitely the full package here. Welcome, man. Thank uh, you. I appreciate you being here. Um, and it's funny because, you know, we spoke, you know, we were uh, connected through a mutual friend. Yep. Shout out Sid. Um, and, you know, we were going back and forth, texting and stuff. And then we meet accidentally. <laughs> like, was it Friday? Yeah, I think so. It's like five days ago. And I walk into the spot and I look and I'm like, yo, that's the dude I'm about to interview on in a couple of days. And I go up to you. Obviously, you didn't. You were yeah. kind enough to just like shake my hand, even though you didn't know who I was. Yeah, yeah. No, you know? I mean, I recognize. You. Yeah. But, but I was just like, yo, I'm literally interviewing you in five days. Good to meet you. Um, so just really weird how the world works. But uh, we're finally here. How is everything? How's it going? Well, doing well, man. I can't complain considering. Yeah. yeah. I feel good. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. As it's as it suggests um, in the intro, twenty years in the game, just through whether it be nightlife or event curating, anything like that. Yeah. What was that start like? Uh, actually, it started in college. Uh, I went to BU for undergrad. Oh shit! No way. Yeah, uh, show my age. So, <laughs> uh, graduated from Latin. Oh, sorry. Graduated from Latin school in '97. Oh shit! No way. Yeah. Where Where uh, did you grow up? I grew up in Dorchester. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I've been in Boston all my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Got to BU, obviously, you know, 97, uh, second semester, 98. Uh, there was a group called uh, La Familia. Mm. They had already started throwing parties in That's Boston. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, like not like a school-sanctioned group, or like that was just No, like no, no, click. that was just the clique. Yeah, That's yeah, what they yeah, called yeah, themselves. Yeah. And it was it was really cool because it was so diverse. Mm. It, was, it was a group of, like, it was an Indian cat, uh, Latino, uh, who else is involved? Couple of black cats. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was when I tell you it was like a United Nations group. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was that's a little dope. bit of everything. So when we came together to throw parties, it was like that's what the room looked like, mm -hmm. and it was amazing because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time in Boscan, it wasn't. Right, that's not right, what the scene right. was like. It right. was literally like you had your white parties, mm -hmm. you had your black people here, mm -hmm. Latin night, and right? And in Asian parties, they had their own clique. Yeah, yeah. So when we had these parties, it was like all-encompassing it was it was great yeah, yeah and uh and it was it was pretty inspiring to see that you know being from from boston you know i grew up in dorchester and, you know we, we had diverse you know the culture is diverse but not as much as you know people from coming from all parts of the world you know going to bu mm -hmm. so where i came in my my niche was that i 
I was a local guy. So right, I had people right, right. coming from Boston proper yeah, to these yeah, parties yeah. and meeting people from all over the world. Right, like, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cat I, from Dorchester, you never went into a girl from Turkey down the street. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Yeah. So it was like, oh man, this is this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, finished school at Suffolk, All and right. uh, I grew up in Rosendale. Yeah, and so I know exactly where you're talking about. Where like you'll just see these kids, and um, especially the kids that come from other parts of New England. Yeah, so they come from like New Hampshire. And think Boston is like a New York or like even like a Dubai, to yeah. be honest. Like they see the lights and they're like, oh, like it's so nice to go yeah, to us. Sure. It's like, yeah, I was walking through downtown at five years old. Like it's whatever. Yeah. Um, and then just seeing their perspective of being able to like meet the different kinds of people, the inner city people that you can Absolutely. just tell when you like walk in a room and look at them, you know, who's yeah. from Boston. Right. And tell like people who just like visited here or like are just going to school here. Yeah. What was the music scene like at that time? You talking mean, about? That yeah, no, I mean, stuff? but we threw hip hop parties. It was all hip hop and R&B. So right. like, and that's what everybody, that's what brought everybody together. Mm -hmm. Like that, the, you know, the common love for hip hop and R&B. So. Word, that's what's up. Yeah. And at what point did you shift into like actual like. So, so I graduated in uh, 2001. Um. I want to say I got involved with a couple of parties here and there, mm -hmm. uh, but I wanted to, like the big break. You could say the breakthrough was uh, an opportunity at a spot called Blue Wave. Mm -hmm. So Blue Wave was a lounge on Congress Street in South Boston. Uh, the owner was Iranian, Word. and uh, you know, restaurant was doing okay during the daytime, but had an entertainment license. It was like, hey, right. you know, I want to do some stuff at night. Like a buddy of mine named Herbie, he's the one that brought me in. Um, and then I actually brought Kareem on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, when you said Blue Wave, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the spot that Reem said. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. got his start as so well. Kareem had just finished school in Atlanta. And when he came back, he was just like, he was interested in, in promoting. Yeah. So the opportunity came. I was like, hey, you want to hop on? And then we did that for a few years together. Um, you know, eventually the relationship broke off. I stayed there a little bit longer. So I ended up having an eight-year run there every oh, Saturday shit. night. Yeah. What and What's there now? I think it's like a barbecue place or something. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Eventually, like, the whole scene on the Seaport changed, and yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the business started moving towards Seaport Boulevard, and we were on Congress Street. Mm -hmm. So the restaurant aspect was just just died out. It was a lot more like takeout options, and mm. you know, more dining options further on the other side. Right. So you know, the nightlife wasn't enough to sustain the business and end mm -hmm. up selling. So um, I forgot to mention. So towards the end of Blue Wave, uh, Eddie Furman, who now owns uh, Savor. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. became a partner there. Word, word, word. So, you know, he gained his a lot of his experience there and was able to then yeah. go to Saver, you know, a few years later. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's fire. And yeah. what was, how would you describe the state of nightlife, the state of music, the state of going out at that time? Uh, I mean, we were winning because there wasn't a lot for us. I right. mean, you know, yeah. options, I mean, people were playing hip-hop, but they didn't care for our, our crowd, so to say. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? It was percent. like, it was always a challenge. Uh and we were able to provide it all, you know. I mean, we had we had food up until midnight. Ooh, and, yeah, I like that. And it was a small spot. We I think we had a two hundred capacity. Mm -hmm. So it was literally by like eleven thirty, we were already done for the night. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. unless you knew somebody, you weren't getting in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was literally like that every single weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and we did a good job of like bringing different DJs in. Um, we did a few special guests when we could. I actually had Nas there, if you believe in that. Damn, Nas. that's crazy. Yeah, uh, he had done the Rock, Bell, Rock the Bells. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, they that's how that's how a few options they were at the time. Right, that Nas right, ended right. up at Blue Wave. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, had Talib Kweli. Damn, that's dope. Uh, I think who else showed up there. Um, Camp Lowe. 
Oh, <laughs> yo, yeah, Camp Low is such Camp an Low. underrated. Yeah, I know they, were ahead, they like, were ahead of their time. Yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. especially because now like you have like the Roddy, like the sing songy yeah, trap exactly. stuff. Like Camp, dude, drop Luchini right now. Watch yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm a big music kid. <laughs> no, of course, yeah, dude, we can chop. Up this, we, we can take thirty minutes off of this episode. Chop it's up funny music. DJs used to get annoyed at me. Like, I could hear a song. Like, try this after that because the BPM. Oh, like I could hear. This. Oh shit! So you're tapped in, which is which is I appreciate to hear because so many promoters are yeah. so um separated from yeah. music i mean right now i'm kind of tone deaf a lot of the new stuff i can't <laughs> i mean dude I'm, I'm 26 and i feel that way like yeah. i have a 16 year old sister and you know she's all on the tiktok and yeah, all that yeah. stuff i know you have daughters yeah and yeah stuff. Oh, they're on and it. and she's playing music or whatever and i'm like, like i feel like the older where i'm like this you listen to this music back in my day like what's well, funny like that. ironically about tiktok my daughters are hearing like old school songs and they're starting to hear yeah. I'm, I'm hearing them singing and i'm like how do you know this song? yeah yeah, yeah. it's tiktok and yeah it's, it's so funny to me so yeah that's something that it's real, kind of bridging the gap a little bit too. yeah that's something that real p and i were talking about when he was on here how it it it, it kind of destroys music in a weird way but also like uplifts other yeah. music in another way yeah um and it's you know there's a you know me being a dj and just studying music all the time like there's certain spotify playlists that are called like viral hits or like yeah popping on tiktok and it's just the list of what's going on yeah and you'll see songs from the 70s from the 80s and it's then crazy. obviously the new stuff it's just so yeah. random it's so random and and it's crazy how it's kind of um you know what radio used to do kind of dictate what's popping what's hot right. and what people are actually listening to right um you know you have you looked into tiktok at all have you nah, been on it like that nah, i just i mean i'll go on like honestly i'll check out like a workout or like uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. you know or like what's hot on amazon things you need to buy like yeah, yeah, yeah. i know i know like exactly that. what you're talking about yeah, yeah. it's 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 crazy because i was so anti-tiktok at the beginning of covid yeah and i was like no nah, this is stupid and like and i'm a you know being 26 like i'm a big I came from the Vine era. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, nah, this is a knockoff of Vine. This yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I started seeing, yeah, like Amazon stuff where it's like just yeah. people that like show cool shit that I yeah, yeah. like, wouldn't be able to find. Right. Or like, uh, yeah, the workout stuff. Yeah. Like it's really, really And a cool. lot of, there's a lot of like comedians posting things on there too. Yeah, which is yeah. Great. Like, like you could find like your, your, literally. your lane in there and like really pop yeah. off. Um, so that's, yeah. I mean, how did you go about like booking DJs then if you're, if you felt more a little bit in tune with music at the time that you were really throwing parties? Uh, I would book DJs based off of seeing them DJ or hearing them DJ at other parties for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, and I and I kept it pretty small at first. Uh, a lot of, actually, I could say a lot of DJs kind of got their start there. Uh, Papa Don. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I think Cisco was probably one of the first. Mm. I was probably one of the first guys to book him in Boston. Wow. Um, Dope. Yeah. And then, you know, later, you know, later on and like, you know, towards the end, like Real P came along. He's DJ there. I mean, I think anyone at that time, I gave a shot, just even yeah. if they weren't great. And then, you know, if you were good, then, yeah, got to get you to come back. Yeah, yeah. DJ Playtime, who's out, out in Connecticut, he was like a household name there. He was a regular. He would drive from Connecticut to Boston and right, DJ, right, right. which was good. Yeah. And did you, because I know uh, in the current scene, you know, uh, I've seen it where a lot of promoters and DJs and venues need to tiptoe around certain things in the urban community mm -hmm. to be able to stay alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we can't allow this to avoid that. Yeah. Was that how it was back then as well? Or was it things uh, a little bit, I feel like without social media, things were a little bit more free. Yeah, maybe. but I mean, there was a little bit of that. Like, I'm I, I, not going to lie. I tended to stay away from the DJs that did like certain other parties, you know, because, mm. you know, for whatever reason, like that wasn't what I was going after. And I and I felt like the DJ had a lot of like dictating the crowd. Yeah, like, The music, dic 
I wanted the music to d- dictate the crowd, not necessarily me being the promoter or who was spinning. Like, I just wanted the music to be mm. consistent in terms of it being very feel good. Mm-hmm. Started off, it was always like, it was almost like a format. Like, you start off with some Neo Soul, mm. going into some, you know, higher tempo R&B, reggae, and then play, you know, a small, sh- like a small set of like the hits. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't about what was popping yeah, right. at Especially because it wasn't, the big like clubs exactly you know what I'm saying? This exactly was a lounge like 200 200 exactly. head lounge like yeah you know so it was always like a mature vibe yeah you know once in a while you get your knuckleheads because yeah, yeah, yeah there are women there and that's that's all <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah of course um and was that like your full-time gig like doing these events and doing uh, these parties? not initially you know i was working full-time and then um eventually like the money got really good and so i, I was able to do that full-time mm-hmm. um i actually started working at the restaurant, I bartended. I became oh, the bar shit. manager. Oh no way! Yeah, I ended up owning a piece of the business towards the end. Oh so, shit! Wow, yeah, yeah. wow! Yeah, so you were definitely so, so I grinded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, That's dope. Uh, yeah, I was sad to see it go, and I, I was. It was terrible. I mean, there hasn't been a blue wave like a place like it since. Like in yeah, terms yeah. of what that that vibe was. And did you always study like business? Like was business always your background? No. Or? So so in college, I studied international relations. I, I thought I was going to work for the UN. That was my goal. Like, uh, yeah, international yeah. health. And I always worked in healthcare environments. So I worked oh, at okay. Spalding Rehab, Harvard Medical, Beth Israel Deaconess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that was, I mean, and that was throughout, through college and then after graduating. Word. Yeah. Word. And then um, once I started promoting full time, I took some odd jobs here and there when things got slow, did some temping. Um, and then, you know, Hennessy came knocking, basically. Yeah, please tell me about <laughs> that transition, like how that came about, and yeah, kind of so what you do there now. so so Team Hennessy is a national program. So what I do here in Massachusetts, uh, Boston specifically, uh, there's a representative in almost every major city in the U.S. So Miami, Chicago, mm-hmm. New York, there's two representatives. L.A. has two. Um, New Jersey, so we're we're all over. So it started off with like four cities. I think it was L.A., Chicago, New York in Miami. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes so sense. as it, as it started to expand, you know, they came looking in Boston. And so uh, the first call was to the local distributor, which is uh, Martinetti or United Liquors. Um, okay. So they, they're responsible for selling the product. So uh, they're like the sales reps. They're like, uh, you know, they're the ones that go into the accounts and try to move the product. So of course they're like, all right, who can we talk to or who should we interview for this position? Like we need someone who knows the scene has connections, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So their first person w- was me. That's what they, they, that was a fresh referral. So I had worked with the distributor on different parties. I had done stuff with Hennessy before mm-hmm. this was even a position. So they were trying, they specifically wanted to infiltrate, like, obviously the market that would be drinking lots of Hennessy, which exactly. is party market and then yep. a specific community within that party market. Exactly. In a place like Boston where it's like literally, Black and white. Exactly. Um, and so and so you would say that you became that first referral just because of your success through promoting and through Correct. being in. Yeah, and and, 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 and and some of my personal relationships as well. Um, wow. my, my guy at the time, Julian, uh, he was working there as a sales rep. Um, I actually worked a little while as a uh, merchandiser. Like I was trying to. So basically, the, the, it's like a stepping stone when you get into sales. Like if you go in. Without any experience, you become you, you go in as a merchandiser, mm. and then you know it's like you pay your dues, you learn the ropes, you learn the business, and you do that for X amount of years, and then the next, then you kind of navigate your way. You become a sales rep, portfolio manager. There's like a ton of different opportunities. Um, so I was only in the job about 
I don't know, six to eight months. And uh, <laughs> as a merchandiser, as a merchandiser. Okay. And then um, I was selected to do something for Hennessy. Yeah, I think I forget what the program was. And uh, so I had a night out. I think it was it was at Caprice at the time. I don't know if you remember Caprice. This was Bro, I'm young, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Caprice was like a smaller space. It was next to the Roxy. OK. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, so I'm doing this. I'm, re- I'm doing this thing for Hennessy. And then the distributors come in and they're like, what's Rob doing here? <laughs> so they had no idea. That as I was a merchant, as a, I was a merchandiser, but I was also a nightclub promoter. Right. So at that time, they were wait, like, wait, so, wait, wait. But that wasn't. So that was the thing. So this came. So this was after, it was later on uh. that the opportunity with Team Hennessy came. Oh, I got it. I got so it. So basically, there was a no moonlighting policy. So me working for Martinetti during the day, I wasn't supposed to have a second job. Right. So they saw that as a conflict that I'm out working, promoting till 2 o'clock in the morning. And then I'm calling on accounts as early as like 7 a.m. the next day. For the sake that, just for the sole reason that, like, you could be, oh, coming in tired or, like, not at your yeah, best. Yeah, exactly. Not at my best, basically. So, uh-huh. HR calls me and they're like, hey, you're oh. going to have to decide what you want to do here. Oh. As, as a DJ, <laughs> I, like, I do the 9 to 5 thing. Like, I went to college. Yeah. Like, I have, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, immigrant family. Like, I got to keep working. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's, like, been a nightmare for me. Yeah. Where, like, someone from work, like, HR is out at the club that I'm playing. And it's like... <laughs> Isn't that, and I get the call the next day. That's my fucking nightmare. The fact that that yeah, happened to you it happened to me. is insane. Yeah, and, you know, I couldn't survive off of the salary alone for a merchandise. I think at the time it was like, I don't know, 30, 35 grand, yeah, something yeah. silly. It was just like, yeah, yeah. I was doing it because it was a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah, no, and for then, sure. So for I sure. was just like, all right, well, I guess I got to let this go. So Team Hennessy came years later, which was oh. why I was like, all right, we know Rob. Right. We know he's in the scene already. Right, We've right. worked with him. Wow. So, but it wasn't automatic. <laughs> right, right, right. So they interviewed a bunch of people from Boston, promoters, DJs, like just Interesting. influencers. I mean, obviously that wasn't a thing at the time. Right, but, right, right. Um, we didn't really have that title influencers yet. Right. Social media wasn't as big as now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get the first phone call interview and it was terrible. Like it tanked. Uh, I was supposed to be at like noon. <laughs> and the woman that I was interviewing with said, oh, can we push it back to four? Oh, yeah. Now it's so 4 p.m. Now my kids are home. Uh, so I'm, like, trying to get away to find a quiet space. I'm uh, kind of keep an eye on the baby at the same time. And it was just awful. Uh, so I didn't get a call back initially. Oh, I'm, like, cringing. I don't know if you can hear it in the mic. I'm like <laughs> oh, that's terrible. So then I have to hear about, like, people I knew personally getting the call back to go interview in New York. I won't say any names. because yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm, like. I was so mad at my. I'm like, oh my! I can't believe like I missed this opportunity. Was like, this like a like a dream job to you in a sense? Yeah, in a sense because it, it coincided with what I was doing right, already. Right. Like you know, I had done a, a few different things with Hennessy already, and you know, like even in my when I actually got the callback interview, I was like, I'm already Team Hennessy, whether I get right, this job yeah, or not. Yeah, like yeah. I'm always going to be doing things with the brand, right? Like, right. Just because of where we are and the parties that I throw. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. So I get the call back. It says, okay, we want to bring you to New York to interview. I'm like, cool. Book the flight. They take care of everything. I missed my flight. <laughs> it's, it's, I, so this is the second time we've met. So, you know, beyond, you know, us meeting and having this conversation, um, you know, you know how powerful social media can be. Perception can be. Yeah. I see you as a certain way. He came early with <laughs> gifts. So to me, you're very put together. Yeah, you come yeah. correct. Yeah. So hearing these things, I'm like, everybody yeah. starts somewhere. It's basically <laughs> the messaging coming up. No, but so listen, so listen. Like when I tell you it wasn't my fault, 
Like, I get in a cab mm-hmm. to get to the airport mm-hmm. at least, like, two hours ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I think I was traveling from, like, Rosendale at the time. Yeah, you know the vibes? No, Norwood, Norwood. <laughs> I was living in Norwood by then. Uh, so I'm on my way. It's terrible rain, and then there's just, like, a terrible car accident, like a pileup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get to the airport. I get to, I literally missed the, the like, I saw the door, like, the door oh. just closed. It was like a movie scene. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. come on, like, like oh, sorry, the door's already closed. So I get online, I check in my phone, the next flight out of Boston to New York. Like, I don't care at this point. I'll get on the airline. I'll pay for it out of pocket just for one way. Right, right, right. So I find one, like, 30 minutes out. 30 minutes later, I book it. I'm able to get on that flight. Word. So then, uh, so I I, uh, I text the woman who I'm in contact with, and I'm like, hey, Aria, um, I missed my flight, but I'm on another plane. I'm on another flight right now. I shouldn't be too late, but I'm running a little behind. So the interview's like, Right, like soon from after you land, it's not like yeah, yeah. Care or anything. No, no, it's literally oh, like God. it's like a day trip. It was like in and out. Yeah, like yeah Early yeah. flight, flight the next, like leave, leaving later that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck. She said, "Rob, you're lucky. Like I'm already crossing the bridge. I'll see you and get." So basically, like if I had texted any earlier, yeah, 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 and she was still home, she would have been like, "Whatever." Uh, but thank God. But wow. uh, it, it actually ended up working out. I was only maybe like 15 minutes late. Mm-hmm. Somebody else was running behind. And uh, I crushed the interview. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I interviewed with three women. It was uh, Aria, Ingrid, and Kelly. Uh, I still keep in touch with yeah, all Yeah, shout out today. to them. You, yeah, yeah, You yeah. got the names unlocked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of changed my life, man. I got the job, you know, I think maybe a month later. I started uh, January of was it, 2015. Wow. And, uh, Damn, yeah, that's... Yeah, and then a month later, they're like, oh, we're going to send you to Cognac, France to get the whole experience of learning about Hennessy and... Oh, that's fucking yeah. fire. <laughs> uh, since, yeah, I've been I've been to Cognac three times now. Wow. Yeah. That's so dope. Yeah, it's amazing. I, it, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I think most people in the industry, you know, they're there for a reason. They love the life. Mm-hmm. They love, you know, whether it be the connections or just the fun, whatever it is. Yeah. And I feel like every single person in the industry, like, hopes that they can get some brand deal or some sponsorship or get some whatever from some relevant brand. For me, it's maybe, like, a a headphone brand or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like for someone like a promoter, like a black promoter in a city, Hennessy is one of those things. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So getting that job, obviously, you get a job, you have the pursuit of happiness moment, whatever, whatever. But in terms of, uh, I guess, maybe just the... The bigger impact that's like bigger than yourself like what were the emotions going through that so it started off as a part-time job mm-hmm. and it wasn't like the great, greatest salary but i knew it was a great opportunity and it was already aligned with what i was doing right i'm right. throwing parties i'm on the scene right i'm just going to be able to elevate what i'm already doing or and oh hell yeah and then and then get me into spaces that i haven't been before absolutely so and that that's a great thing about having like a big brand behind you with with a big budget you know a lot more doors are open to you when you say hey I want to come here and do this, and I have this much to spend. Right. Right. So with that, with being able to get into those new doors, you're able to bring people with you. Like, hey, I want to have this DJ also. Right. Or I want to bring this photographer in, or this videographer is going to do this with me. Or I'm bringing my guys with me to grab this table. Or, you know, so a lot of the experiences that you get to experience, you're, I mean, enjoy, I should say, you get to bring other people on to, to enjoy it with you. So, I mean, that, and that's been great. But um, I think my favorite part of the job is, like, a lot of what you see with these dinners. Um, Yeah. Because now I'm highlighting what you can consider unsung heroes. Mm -hmm. Like, people are doing things in the community that, 
you know, unless you know them personally, you don't know the story or, or what they're contributing. So I yeah. think, and I think that, that that's been great. Yeah, you're crushing it with the segues because I did have the, the <laughs> um, on the list here. Um, so I know I wanted to start with um, so the privileged toast. Yeah, that's what it's called. Right? Yeah, the and privileged so, toast. Um, and like I said, our mutual that we had um, that I mentioned earlier, Sid, yeah. was honored uh, this year. Yeah. Do you mind just um, explaining what that program is, what it entails, and then like kind yeah. of just elaborate who you? Yeah. Who you so basically, uh, the the point of the dinner series is to like highlight individuals who are like making strides in the community or through leadership, philanthropy. Um. Uh, what out there? Just, just anything that has to do with the community, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Sydney, for example. You know, with the Pioneer Run Club and everything yeah. that he's doing, he's having a huge impact. Yo, on his this year for him, like, <laughs> yeah, I, he's, I speak he's to him every day. It. Yeah, and he's half dead. Don't get me wrong, he's half dead. But the things he's doing, like. So, so it's it's one of those things where like you look at someone you're like I can't believe I know you. you yeah, know yeah. What I mean? and it's awesome. Yeah, so shout out and to him and uh, super humble kid. Like you know, insane. Super smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. always on point. Yeah, always yeah. on point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and I know that when he let us know that he was um, you know being honored and everything like that. Like yeah. I know he I know it was a moment for him. Yeah, and I know like he brought his parents. And yeah, everything and like yeah, that. his wife. And, yeah, and um, his brother. And. Uh, What's it? Are you the person choosing them? Or yeah, you, so I'm choosing them in the market. Yeah, wow. so a lot of it is just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, for the most part, I've known everyone personally for the mo- about ninety percent, and mm-hmm. then others is just like I hear people talking about them, so I go and do my research and like, all right, this this is a good candidate, you know, and then reach out say, hey, how do you feel about this? And like, I w- I'd like to honor you with the dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple I haven't been able to execute because of COVID. You right. know, not everyone feels comfortable even in a private setting. But I do it make like since COVID, we've made sure that everything's been private dining experiences, mm-hmm. just six people, mm-hmm. no one around and, you know, mask on when you're walking around and mm-hmm. mask off and you know, when you're sitting down to eat. So it's been a challenge. It's gone from like dinners of like 10 to 15 people to now six. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's so the cha- more elaborate and stuff. That's so the, the challenging part is like, people don't know what six people, like what, Four people to invite, right? Because yeah. I'm one, the guest is two. Yeah. Now you can only invite four people. Right. So like uh, Miss Hot Sauce, for example, at Spark FM, mm-hmm. she's got a whole studio of people that she could she could invite, right, right, and she right. had to narrow it down to just four guests. So like, yeah, that's, that's a challenge. Yeah, uh, yeah. So for me, you know, it's not too bad. It makes it a little bit easier to, <laughs> to manage. <laughs> to manage like exactly. That, yeah. well, how does the actual night go for? for uh, so basically, we'll start. Uh, so I'll do two or three signature cocktails, um, and then a privilege, the privilege toast at the end. So for each course, you'll have a cocktail basically. So Dope. three courses, and then we'll finish off with the toast, and then I'll present uh, an award and an engraved bottle. And explain yeah, to them, yeah, engraved bottle, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, if I don't get, if I don't have an engraved bottle of anything by the time I die, I did not do life right. Um, you also, and you just posted this. You had the the Hennessy EXO commemorative dinner for Makiba McCreary. Yes. Uh, maybe just elaborate on that dinner yeah. specifically and what she's been doing. Yeah. So, uh, so Hennessy came out with uh, uh, a commemorative bottle series for the ex, uh, the 49th Madam VP. So. She's the 49th vice president of the U.S. So the sleeve on the bottle of the case is a, a white box with the number 49. And so we're choosing women in our markets who are breaking barriers, who are the first of whatever it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. So so Makiba is the first um, in her position at the MFA. So that's why I chose to, to wow. honor her. Yeah, Super dope. And from what I've been just 
from hearing your story from the beginning in terms of the way they found you and then just the things that I've been hearing just from my peers and other people in the community of just how they're getting involved. I'm seeing Hennessy here and Hennessy there, obviously yeah. because of you, which yeah. is super dope, but it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to see a brand like Hennessy where I know that they're embraced by black culture, yeah. but how much that they're actually trying to make oh, moves to give it back. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, and, Can and, you speak and, on that a little bit? Yeah. And, and it's funny because, uh, there's a, actually a lot of changes happening even now, you know, because, you know, there's no ownership by black people of the brand itself. Right. right and, and right. you know, that's a big thing for, for us. Right. But in terms of like the organizational chart, you start to see like right now we have a VP who's a black woman. Um, and even people in positions of like decision makers are now people of color, they're women. So it's, it's getting better. I mean, you just saw what just happened in the news with Jay-Z. Yeah. Like, yeah that's yeah. a huge deal. Like if yeah. you look at LVMH, you know, it's it's a white company, right? Um, so this deal with going into business with Jay Z is huge. Yeah. So I can like they're moving in the right direction, and then for us as a culture, I mean, we embrace it because I mean it's a long history. If yeah, you want to yeah. go all the way back to yeah, like yeah. why people drink Hennessy, it started from the World Wars. Um, mm -hmm. So, so black soldiers who were fighting in France started drinking Hennessy there, and France was very welcome into like jazz music and and artists. And so, you know, when the soldiers came back to the U.S., they end up continuing to drink Hennessy. Right. And so that's kind of how it started. So, like, if your grandfather's in it, it just started carrying down through generation to generation. Right. And, you know, Hennessy is one of the first, I, I would say, actually, it is the first liquor brand to, like, um, advertise in black magazines. Um, so that's also very huge. So mm -hmm. you're starting to see it everywhere. And then partnerships with, like, Nas, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's a great story if you want to tell, like, from from beginning to now. Like, you know, he starts off as a, an artist, a rapper from the projects mm -hmm. to being, like, one of the best entrepreneurs out there right now. Like, right. the dude's, he's involved in everything. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so, you do a good job of, like, um, building partnerships with the right people and then having, you know, Team Hennessy is huge because we're, like, in the midst of all these yeah, communities like embedded, embedded in the culture, in the culture yeah, right yeah it's so, so important exactly so it's like very organic and like our relationships are not forced not everything is about money like you know i can get things done by saying you know not only because i work for hennessy but because of who i am mm -hmm. and that's just because of who i am i'm able to tie hennessy in as well yeah so. I, I always think of the example of like crystal yeah. how it was like embraced by hip-hop culture and black culture but yeah. then like Maybe yeah. I think their owner or whatever. Yeah, he said, oh, I can't like, stop them from buying it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, then Jay-Z is like, yeah, I'm not, you know. Yeah. In the, the owner is racist, and that was it. Puts it in a song verse. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember early 2000s, like, as a kid, I was like, Crystal is something. I definitely <laughs> want to drink when I get older. Yeah. And then, yeah. boom, gone. And, and then, then I realized when I grew up, it's like, yeah, because, like. And then he started, they started talking paid. loud. And then, yeah, yeah and then you, everyone yeah. drops it. Now, Crystal's done. Like, yeah. And then, you know, he starts Ace of Spades, and then now. 50% yeah. of it sold to LVMH. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's And it's amazing, like, uh, you know, with so much going on in terms of um, social injustice and everything that's gone, especially in the last year, yeah. I've seen just personally, like, so many brands that are, like, fake supporting and, yeah. like, only reaching out because of what's happening. Right. Um, so hearing just these stories from you um, and just your direct experience with them, and how they've kind of been doing that for a long time, if Absolutely. not day one, yeah, um, is really honestly refreshing. Um, shout out Hennessy, <laughs> everybody buy that Hennessy. Um, like, this is really just questions that I have. Sure. Like, 
do they just send you boxes of it? Like, are you so? It, so we get some product for seeding. So, like, you know, yeah. we're, we're able to gift um, sometimes for sponsorship opportunities that you know don't require any money. So, like, right. uh, Smash Bros. held an event at um, the what museum was that on the waterfront? Uh, oh, at the ICA. At the ICA, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I took care of all the people backstage. So everybody got a gift a gift bag with a bottle of Hennessy and some other things. So, mm-hmm. so there's certain opportunities where I can just bring product. And I don't have to like. It's not like a. Uh, I don't have to give money per se for the sponsorship. Right, right. Um, I've done a few like listening parties. Yep. Uh, with Aleko, Brand Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few artists. Um, yep. You know, so depending on what the opportunity is, I'm able to just use product for that. Mm-hmm. And then of course I have a budget also. Mm-hmm. It was a lot better before COVID. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. And um, it was funny because at the bar, um, a few days ago, uh, the guy I was with. I forgot what I ordered, but the guy, you ordered Hennessy something, obviously. Yeah. The guy I was with, I don't know what he ordered, but you even whispered like, oh, that should be Hennessy. <laughs> Is that just kind of how you are with the brand? Yeah, I mean, like it's, 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 it just comes naturally now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and because the thing is, it's like, some people are scared to try Hennessy, right? Oh, I, mean, trust <laughs> me, I know. I trust me, I know. But <laughs> once you start trying it in different ways and like elevating the experience, it's, it's so good. Like even last yeah. night at dinner, like it wasn't a table full of Hennessy drinkers. Right. But the way that the bartender came up with these cocktails, they're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, right. they would never think to drink Hennessy the way it was. And, and that happens all the time. Yeah. It's literally just finding the way that you like it best because yeah. everybody's palate is different. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go and try to take a shot of Hennessy, of course you'd be like, oh my God, it's, it's Burns. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a palate for that. Yeah, yeah, You know, but like for me, like I feel that way about tequila. I, <laughs> I'm i Latino and, I, and tequila shots, for because everyone wants to do tequila shots all the yeah, fucking time. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, Put it down, man. Like yeah. it's way too much. Yeah. But to your point about the pal thing and, and Hennessy being super uh versatile. I mean, I guess this episode is sponsored by Hennessy. We have the <laughs> here. Um, but uh people who know me know that I drink Hennessy. Yeah. And my argument to all the people that are like, Oh, like it's disgusting or whatever, I can't yeah. do it. I'm like, yo, you have to understand that you can mix with orange juice, pineapple juice, coke, red bull, like apple cranberry juice. juice, apple juice, like yeah. you can Drink it in the morning. Drink it at night. Like, <laughs> you can. It's so versatile. And and uh, and you and you be. Uh, you mentioned ginger beer at the bar. You're yeah. like, you should try it with ginger beer. Yeah. I was like, fuck. I didn't even know that. Yeah. You know what I mean. And yeah. so, everybody pick up a bottle. <laughs> um, uh, this is like some crazy hood shit. But like, do you um like like drinks like um like crazy hood drinks like like Hulk's like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I mean. That was before Team Hennessy. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't do it now. It's just too, too much sugar. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I, uh, but like, I've had tried, I've tried it before. I've looked into it just about <laughs> the story and the background of it. Yeah. And what I found online was that, uh, like, I think it was like Diddy or someone was doing like a hypnotic release party. Mm. Um, I think he was probably like the guy promoting it or whatever in New York. This is like 2003 or something. Yeah. Um, and that apparently, they were doing this big club party for hypnotic, but like no one was, none of the guys were drinking it because it's hypnotic. It's like super girly, yeah, super yeah. fruity and all that stuff. And I guess they were like, yo, like what can we do to uh, get like guys more to people this. to drink this or yeah. whatever. And I guess one of the bartenders like throw some Hennessy in it, turns dark green and they call it the Hulk, put some ice in it and just start shelling it out. And I guess it just like, hey. sells out. And that was like how the incredible Hulk was born. Interesting. And I, I think I thought it was like a hilarious like yeah I mean liquor history story like yeah. a drink like history <laughs> story, um, yeah. And what uh, what are your recommendations for? You've seen so many cocktails now of Hennessy. Uh, what, what so my go to at dinner, uh, I like a Hennessy sidecar. 
Mm. Hennessy privilege sidecar, I should say. Um, but what I, I tried recently was actually pretty good. It was a Hennessy espresso martini. So instead wow. of vodka, do Hennessy. Yeah, like, um, it's so fucking versatile. <laughs> like, you can put it with literally anything. And it, it was amazing. I had it yeah. at uh, Strip by Schrager, and no they, yeah, they did yeah. a great job. I was like, oh. I so you requested a special type Yeah, I, I requested it just out of the blue, you yeah, know, because yeah. one of the guys I was drinking with always does espresso martini. I was like, mm -hmm. let me try one with Hennessy instead of vodka. And it was bomb. It was bomb. What are some of the notable events you've done just kind of in your career that, whether it be with Hennessy or just on your own flow? Like, Oh, man. Because I don't think people know. <laughs> I don't think people know. Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, so Pandora Thursdays was a big party for a long time. That was at felt before it closed. That was years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, shout out to Kenny. Uh, that's still my business partner. So probably the, the longest I've ever worked with anyone is, uh, Kenny. I don't know if you know Kenny. Um, I don't know. so he has another brand. It's called Privé. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Cool. 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 So we started doing that together, but that was more like his speed. So, mm -hmm. you know, certain events we'll do together. Others we won't, mm -hmm. um, He's my partner, actually, at Saturdays at Bijou. Uh, okay. Hopefully, yeah. we'll be able to do that again. Yeah, yeah, um, So, yeah, obviously, Saturdays at Bijou. Um, we actually, I, I think we could say we were the first to bring local DJs in because prior to us, it was always, like, uh, out-of-state out of DJ coming in. Mm -hmm. Like, that was their whole thing of creating that vibe of, like, New York DJs, L.A. Yeah, which... They had, like, that whole... They had like a partnership with Scam Artists, I believe, yeah. and yeah, a lot yeah. of those DJs were in. So, you know... There were very few, if any, local DJs that were able to spin on a Saturday night. And we, we kind of changed that whole dynamic when we got there. Well, was that intentional? Being like, yo, Absolutely. we have the love here. You're from Boston. Yeah, like, yeah. What do you think of just places like that do that where it's like, oh, I mean, I, I, here. I, I get it in a sense is to try to be different because, I mean, here's, here's the thing, right? Like, you can't expect the DJ to be so loyal that they're not going to spin anywhere else unless you have them there every single Saturday. Unless you take care of them. Right. Yeah. So... With that said, you know, you can't have the same DJ every Saturday because you want to change the vibe up a little bit. Right. And it's hard to do that with the same DJ. Right. So once a DJ is like, say, if that bees you on a Saturday, then the next Saturday they're at a venue, then you're like, oh, you know, certain promoters feel some kind of way. Yeah. Which I think is silly. It's insane. Because, you know, yeah. that's their livelihood. What are you yeah. going to do? I, I've dealt with it and had those conversations. <laughs> and I'm like, literally, what do you want me to do? If yeah. you're not going to book me every Saturday... You're just going to expect me to wait. Right. Like, you don't do that with women. You don't, do, <laughs> you don't do that with money. Like, you don't just wait for it to come to you. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got to go. I mean, you got to go work. Get it, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like you said, unless you're willing to offer a deal to keep that person as a resident, even if they're just opening every week, then you got to be able to let them go other places. Um, but even in terms of, like, booking out-of-state DJs, it's a lot of money to, to, to do that, first of all. And then it doesn't necessarily have that that uh, impact that you think it's going to have every time either, right. you know, because local people like, who, who is that? And especially Boston, because, you know, it being such a huge college market, right? a lot of these colleges are not tapped. Because yeah, they're not versed with, like, 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 like we were saying in the beginning, it's, it'd be these kids from, like, New Hampshire coming into BU right. for four years, and they're going out to all these clubs, but they don't know what the fuck is going on no. in, in, like, the music culture. Listen, it's literally about making sure they have a good time, right? Because I mean, I always say the the most important person on the night out is like your door guy, because that's mm. the first person that they see or like, greet, and like that like dictates the rest of the night. So right. like you always want your door guy to be like on point. Yeah, and it's so hard to find like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, man. It, it, it's tough. I mean, there are some really good ones, but there are some really bad ones. Yeah. And, and like, and the bad ones, they just get this like ego trip, power thing, and oh, it's man. like, dude. I, I've, and I've, then, I've blown up Ado before, being like, "Yo, get the fucking door guy," because he's yelling at my peoples right now, and like that are just trying to see me. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and it's silly because it's like, dude, like you wouldn't be working right now if you weren't throwing this night. Like you understand that, right? Like, like help the night out. Yes, but, yeah. like. The customers are making the night. So if you're shitty with the customers, they're not going to come back. Absolutely. And then none of us are in the job. Like, right. So be mindful of that. Yeah, like, yeah. You almost, almost want to have guys that aren't necessarily, like, tough but can, like, de-escalate situations, like, mm-hmm. know how to talk to people. So, like, have that guy be able to talk and then have the muscle behind him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, you know... So if we're gonna throw a party and you want to have a good party, you have a good door guy, and then that's great advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. No one's ever said that. No, absolutely. I mean, I always said we should have a woman, but it's tough to have a female outside when it's cold and you know they don't want to deal with the weather and, and especially if shit pops off too. It's a little yeah, exactly. It's a little, funky. It's a little risky, but yeah. um, but women know how to talk to guys a lot, and then and they're more friendly in general, and mm-hmm. you know, because if you go to like New York, that's who has the clipboard with the guest list. It's it's just generally a woman, like then. I mean, if you're talking about New York's doing it, then they, they must know what's going on. You know, these right, are clubs right. that are going from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Having gone around a lot and seeing a lot of experience, Team Hennessy, just, you know, being out and about, but sticking to Boston, what are some of the things that kind of make Boston very unique in a positive way, but maybe maybe in a negative way, especially on your pockets? Um, Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, prior to – I mean, 2019, I was all over the place. I think I was in L.A. twice, Miami twice, Chicago, like, you know, Super Bowls, All-Star, Latin Grammys, BET Awards. So it's like, like you said, I'm seeing these clubs all over, the, like, all different parts of the country, which is it's a great experience. Like, I, I push people, I encourage people to travel more. And I think that's part of, like, the downside of Boston is a lot of people don't go outside of the city. Like, they don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. And you get a narrow mind when you have that, like when you don't get to experience it. And, and especially now it's like, well, now it's tough to travel, but you know, you should make an effort to do that. Like it's traveling is like one of the best experiences ever. Yeah. Um, and it, it really changes your mindset, just meeting people from different places and seeing different things. Um, the process, the problem with Boston is a lot of the, you know, crabs in a barrel type of like, everyone's trying to go after the same people. And then like, you know, but there's so many people here that a lot of places can be successful at the same time. And as a promoter, you get into these arguments over foolishness. So, like, you book a table, and then that table is like, oh, so-and-so said they can give you the same a bottle, a better price on the bottle, so we're going to go there. Or it's just, like, people trying to undercut you. I didn't right? know people undercut tables. Oh, absolutely. I knew DJs undercut DJs. Oh. But I didn't know oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. undercut oh. tables. <laughs> absolutely. Wow. And then it's like, you know, then there's, like, a group of women that draws other people and then you try to get those girls to come because you know they're going to draw other people right. and then it's just a lot of like tit for tat and you know just a lot of undercutting in general and and then you know people taking it personally when like an artist who you may have had booked before decides to go to another club like that mm. creates drama too or like if you mm. have a relationship with like someone on the Celtics or the Patriots and then you know, they decide to go somewhere else. It's like, dude, like you can't expect these people to come <laughs> to like the, the same like place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, 
they're gonna go where they want to go. Yeah, it's, for sure, absolutely. And, and I, I mean, I I learned a long time ago not to take things personally. Like, yeah, I'm super chill. Like, it's really hard to get me stirred. Like, I'm the most laid back guy you'll ever meet. I mean, mm-hmm. unless like completely disrespectful to me, like to my yeah. face. Like, right, right, right. I let things go all the time. Like, you know, like for what? Like, what are we arguing about? Like, mm-hmm. why am I? Why am I gonna be mad? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's funny the other day. So, so we were at a rock and ride bar. Yep. Uh, the owner's name is Ty. Yep. So Ty used to be the owner at Vanderbilt. Um, I know that. On Water Street. He's from Rosendale, I think. I think he might be. Like, so I met him that night, and we just on some like drunk. Yeah, or I think shit. he might live there now. And I don't know if he's there. Maybe, or, maybe that's I, what I, th- it is. I think he lives there now. I but don't he, know if he's from Rosendale. Like, we were, we had this twenty minute conversation <laughs> about Rosendale, and it was so random. It was a random night. It was a random ass night. So, so Vanderbilt used to be the home for Brunto Hard. So right. that's where yep. it started. Right. And I started Brunch So Hard. Nobody knows that. Not a lot of people know that. Myself and Kenny. I did not know that. Yeah, see? <laughs> <Whoa>! <laughs> and I and I'll give you a receipt on that. I got the name <laughs> I got the name Brunch So Hard Word. from Urban Outfitters. They had a little pouch. It was like a like a brunch kit and it said Brunch So Hard on it. If you could even Google it. Sound no, it sounds right. It looks like a little Tiffany color bag. Yeah. I forget. It said brunch so hard, and that's where the name came up. So, uh, so Kenny and I started the brunch, and then we brought Mitch and Gino on. Mm. We did well. Eventually, Vanderbilt ended up getting sold. Yeah, um, we didn't find a new home right away. Mm-hmm. I forget what happened. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we end up severing ties. Yeah, and then which happens all the time. Yeah, in yeah. The nightlife world. It's um, crazy. And then I forget where they ended up moving brunch so hard to. Eventually ended up at Society on High. Yeah. That Before was, that, it was um, in Seaport, the, the Casa de Pedro. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, when then when it came back up and the name started again, it was like, you know, I got a lot of like, yo, mm. isn't that your shit? Like, I'm like, whatever, wow. man. At that time, I didn't care anymore. Like, it had, yeah, yeah. it had been however long in between them doing it and us doing it that, like, I, you know, it was bygones to me. But seeing Ty back at Rock and Rye, he pulls me aside. <laughs> And he says that to me. He's like, how the fuck did you let these dudes <laughs> take rush so hard? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. Whatever, dude. It's like, wow. you know. And then, and it, I mean, they did a great job of, yeah. like, you know, yeah. the direction it went wouldn't have been the direction I would have gone, per se, because when we were doing it, it was a little bit more chill in a sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, we couldn't I mean, do. a true brunch. Yeah. We couldn't do bottle service at Vanderbilt, but we did, like, large format drinks and, like, champagne. So it was, like, you know mimosa flights or like pictures of like Hennessy sangria like those are the kind of drinks that we were doing so it wasn't really about the bottle parades and all that stuff that ended up coming later um right you know but you know society you know that dictated that type of environment you know I mean they had bottle services so why not offer it um right but uh yeah just it went it 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 got a lot more ratchet than what we would do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm an older, no, I'm an older dude. Like, I that's not the environment that right, I want right, to be right, in on right, a right, weekly right. basis. And, and I think, uh, like we were saying earlier, like you, you keep yourself in a very certain image. Yeah, is is that really important to you? Oh, absolutely. Kind of I mean, and, and it's funny, and I, I tell people, like younger people, all the time, like watch what you post on social media because, like, if you are interested in like having a brand back you later or working with a brand, they look at all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're posting stuff where you're cursing all the time or you're smoking weed on on camera or you know posting pictures of women that are scantily dressed like that's not a good look like you mm. got to be conscious of like who's like if 
would you want like someone in corporate America to see this? Right. Or, you know, whoever you want to work for, like, no. Mm -hmm. So you got to think about those things. So like, even now, if you looked at my social media, like even in speaking, I hardly ever curse. Like I got to be super upset, even around my friends. Like I don't say the N word. I don't curse. Like I'm always super like professional. Like you don't ever know who's watching. And then, you know, you always got to, and then in the business, be kind to everybody that you meet. You got like all the barbacks at Bijou. Hey, what's up, Rob? Like they all know who I am. Like when I go take care of something, if I'm bringing in t-shirts for the staff, I make sure they get t-shirts too. Like, Hats, Tennessee hats, whatever. You take care of everybody. Like, yeah. give everyone the same respect. Absolutely. I mean, it's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, th I think that's amazing advice yeah. um, that, you know, as more important as social media becomes, whether it be just for your image or people, I mean, you know, the influencer game is just growing. Everyone's becoming some kind of influencer at Absolutely. some kind of level. Yeah. And it's getting, or, you know, people that even followings of just like 5,000 are yeah. getting brand deals for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, sure. Um, being able to maintain that good um, image and perception of you is, yeah. is 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 becoming more important. Literally, as the day goes, absolutely. On. I mean, it's different. Like if you're an artist, a rap artist, or you know, obviously you're gonna curse, and you know, your vibe is gonna be a little. I mean, it all depends on who your market is, right? right. Who are you targeting? Right. You know, so you know, it's funny. We talked about this the other day, like. Nas's video with DJ Khaled, he has a Hennessy bottle on the golf course and he put a ball on top and he, he knocks the ball. <laughs> like, we couldn't get away with doing something like that. Like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not. Nas is Nas. Yeah, Nas yeah, is Nas, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, like, we're like we're told, like, never put a Hennessy bottle, like, on the ground. Like, mm. don't take any pictures of, like, the bottle on the ground. Right. No, like, like if you're driving, no no drinks. Like, none of that stuff, obviously. Right, right, right. Got to drink responsibly. So, right, like, right, right. there are very, like, specific guidelines that, you know, you have to be conscious of. And, you know, like, smoking and drinking Hennessy is not a good look, you know. Um, yeah, so. We acknowledged how um, the hip-hop community, the black community embraces Hennessy. And obviously, you know, that can go in multiple different ways with the knuckleheads that we described in the club going crazy to the, you know, super put-together, you know, executives drinking Hennessy on a, in, in dinner. Yeah. As someone who is pretty tightly tied to it do you see more of like people kind of like abusing the brand and its image versus uplifting it um i wouldn't say abusing it uh i mean you get obviously like oh you hear things like oh like uh that's nasty or that's a hood drink or right. you know um you get that but the more we do in different spaces i think the more people are becoming um aware of the like really understanding the brand and actually trying it in different ways like i talked about it's really about education and experience you know mm. so like you can say what you want unless you actually try it you know because there are different ways to, to experience it so you know your your idea of what it is isn't necessarily right because you haven't tried it in any other way mm. so word yeah and then and like at our events you know i'm doing bottles like if you go <laughs> To the grand or whatever, all the bottle service girls, they're drinking Hennessy right there with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, you know, bottle service girls anywhere that I go. Like, most of them are, are drinking Hennessy too. And then they're getting the other tables to buy Hennessy because that's what they drink. Right. You know, so it's, 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 it's literally like if you're taking care of them and you're yeah. spending money with them and this is what you're drinking, that's going to carry over because it's like, hey, oh, I want to do a shot. Like, oh, I'm, I'm drinking Hennessy tonight. All right, yeah, let's yeah, buy a bottle yeah, of Hennessy. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. And, and it's, and I'm, and I'm happy you brought that up because there are still certain venues that won't serve it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and me, 
enjoying it. And as I kind of brought up into the ranks where like I started in like a college bar scene and then all through into the downtown club scene. Yeah. Where I started kind of realizing what spots carried and what spots don't. And you know what that's about. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you being again tightly tied to it have maybe just kind of an opinion on it or just like any commentary on just like how I think it's just like I think it's just like old ownership, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of these venues are owned by older white men that right. are not in tune with what's going on today, right? Right. So like, you know, even like the some of the beverage programs, a lot of it honestly has to do with the price points. Hennessy is not cheap. Right. So a bottle of Hennessy, you know, depending on let's say it's forty dollars, right? Mm -hmm. To me, you know, Downtown, I think average is probably about twelve to fifteen dollars a drink. Whereas, if you got a cheaper cognac, which is say twenty something dollars, and you charge the same price for the cocktail, your profit margins are, yeah. is a lot higher. So, a lot of it is just a numbers game. It's not really about the image of Hennessy. It's literally just like it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. Whereas some places are like, oh, we don't like the crowd that it attracts. Right. You know, and some of them are, will say it openly. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's literally the reason why. Yeah. So, you know, just don't go to those places. <laughs> right, right, right. Honestly, like, a lot of places I go, if they don't have Hennessy, I just won't, I won't drink. I, I'll have a water. Yeah, yeah. Just to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you're not taking my money. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, it's, it's great because, again, it was not until I was fully in, like, a full adult where I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> they really, like, really don't want these people to come to the point where yeah. like, they won't offer, like, what they want. It's crazy. Um, you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, when you were traveling around, um, you mentioned BT Wars. I saw photos of you at the Latin Grammys. Yeah, I brought Cisco along for that. Yeah, like what? Like <laughs> what was? I, I obviously, you know, didn't know you yet or anything like yeah. that, and I was just like, yo, like, why? How? What? Yeah. Where? So Hennessy was one of the sponsors for the Grammys, um, and I was selected as one of the, the people to represent the brand. Wow. So, and so what so, did that come with? Like, so so basically, uh, you were able to choose. Uh, a guest from each market. So it was Boston, New York, uh, Dallas, and I think it was just the three of us, if I'm not mistaken. So we just got to bring someone from our market to come experience a lot in Grammys. Um, so flight, hotel, dinner accommodations, anything had to do with the Grammys. You got to do the red carpet. Wow. Uh, the pre-awards uh, ceremony, got to attend the Grammys itself, and then a post-party, so... Wow. It was cool, man. I mean, it's... And, and it's funny because, like, I mean, I obviously I hear Latin music and being in the club, but I can't say, like, I, <laughs> I listen to Latin music, like, yeah, yeah, at yeah. home. But the experience and just seeing the artists was of course, amazing. Like, there. Yeah, 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 I mean, um, I mean that must I became a Rosalia fan that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sure that just being there was just like, a holy shit, this is where it's got me kind of... Yeah, moment, I'm assuming. absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and Cisco, you know... It was like a, out, there sure. was like a, a an old school Mexican band that played, and he was like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh my god!" Like yeah, yeah. my like parents would be flipping out if they saw this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you mentioned Rosalia. Were like, were there other uh, like artists at least you, you were aware of? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like, so like, uh, we went to a Bad Bunny party. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not. Sure, I can't remember, if, of, but I don't know if he was. I can't if Maluma was there also. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, but Maluma is, was, I don't know if he's, his contract got renewed, but was also had to deal with Hennessy. Oh, word. Yeah. Word. Um, and then, of course, you know, Canelo on the boxing side. Word. Has yeah, a fight on so Saturday. Fire. Yeah. That's so fire. Yeah. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've had a couple family men on the show. Yeah. You have two daughters, correct? Um, Married to two girls. 
And uh, what's it like just kind of balancing everything? I mean, I know it's uh, tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I know like like some of my homies now are like getting to the where they're having kids and it's just like yeah. it flips their world upside down. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, my God, I don't have a life. anymore. <laughs> it's their life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so to that. So. Um, it's like. So when my my little one was born, I was promoting full time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was able to be home with her every day, right, all right, day long, right, right. while my wife was at work. Right. So that was great. Like I could, I would never be able to do that if I wasn't in right. that type of job. And like later on, end up getting the job with Team Hennessy. So right. that was like for the first two years of her life, I had her every day. So our bond is like you know, beautiful. A, yeah, it, it was amazing. Awesome. But as they they got older, and it's like all right, I got to get them to school. So. I'd be getting home at like three, three thirty in the morning, yeah, yeah. and then getting up at six thirty, seven o'clock to just take them to school in the morning. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. once I'm up, I'm up. So like that, it took a toll on my body, like right. in terms because it's not like I'm just out late. Like I'm out drinking. Sometimes I'm eating late, and it's like then you don't fall asleep oh, right away. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> trust me, I get it. So so to wake up that early without having recovered, it was it's, it's you know it's rough. Um, I mean, COVID was like a blessing in disguise for me in a sense, like. Right. That silver lining of making me slow down a bit. Because um, obviously I wasn't drinking as much. I wasn't going out. Actually, I took like two months to off of like no alcohol whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from getting like three to four hours of sleep to eight hours of sleep. Right. <laughs> Sometimes ten. Yeah. <laughs> and then just a lot more time at home with the kids because they're doing hybrid. At first they weren't even doing hybrid. It was everything was online. Mm-hmm. And now they're just doing two days of school and then the rest the week at home. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, and then obviously my wife's been super supportive. Um, she's a grinder too. Yeah, works full time. Uh, has two businesses on the side: wedding planning and then Adorn Boutique Studio. Which shout, shout out Adorn! Thank you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so she gets it. I mean, we're, right, we're right, both right. hustlers. Like, right. if she wasn't a hustler too, it'd be a lot harder. Uh, and you know, vice versa. So yeah, I mean, to that specifically, like, obviously. Dating a promoter isn't easy. Oh, dating, dating a DJ isn't easy. No. And you gotta know, have tough skin. Yeah, gotta have tough skin. And, uh, you know, like I said, I do the nine to five thing on top of it, do the podcast. You know, it's, it's just a hustler's mindset for a lot of people that are in the industry because yeah. that's how you have to be. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you saying that uh, it probably like wouldn't necessarily work out if she wasn't a hustler as well. Like, right. I'm realizing as I get older and, you know, um, dating and whatnot like that, yeah. it's pretty fucking true like yeah and then you know you just you gotta learn to make time you know yeah schedule is a lot like we share a calendar <laughs> mm-hmm. so like i know what she has going on like for the like the week like the pretty much the rest of the week or the month like right, i can right. look and see like oh yeah i'm free that day or no i gotta be home with the kids and you know vice versa mm-hmm. so. and uh can you think of you know i know you mentioned like just the late night stuff like just in general where maybe you had to pick and choose or like you felt that you know this is a moment where I got to be the dad or this is a moment where I got to be the business. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's never, it's, it's funny because everything I was doing was nightlife. So it was never really that hard to have to choose between. It was just, all right, I'm going to be really tired tomorrow. I just got to suck it up. Like right, right, that's right. one thing, like I've never dropped the ball on like my daytime responsibilities because I had a rough night. Like no matter what kind of night I've had, I got to get up and handle my business. Like, Absolutely. you know, whatever that is. Absolutely. And we have a dog, and that's another oh, another man. responsibility. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but beautiful. I mean, you you guys have the American dream. You have like, yeah, Phil. <laughs> the battery. What was that? Oh, the battery. <laughs> um, I mean, you're living to what a lot of people will say, say is like the American dream. You know, yeah, like the two it, kids, the dog, yeah, the house, like, you know I mean? yeah. Um, you know, 
again, like just starting from that, like promoter, like being young outside of BU, like did did you just like expect all this to kind of come to you? Like, how, uh, nah, I mean, in retrospect, what is I that mean, like? I, I knew I always wanted to have a family. Um, mm. just, you know, I, I was raised, I had an older sister, both of my parents all my life. Their parents are still together. Um, actually living with me now, we have an in-law. Oh, so wow. I take care of them and, you know, they're elderly now. Just how I was able to get the vaccination the other day. Shout out to uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, family's always been important to me, mm-hmm. uh, so I knew that, I, that that I wanted that. So um, yeah, just gotta do it to make it work. Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes like especially like, you know before COVID, where she was rocking and you know it was yeah. fast paced. Like I always kind of started debating with myself, being a young man, like is. Cause like obviously I like I love the scene I love DJing like I made mm-hmm. a podcast about it you know yeah. what I mean, um, where I started kind of thinking to myself like, like I've had women being like you have to choose because I can't deal with it no. you know what I'm saying well, and, <laughs> and and and, 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 and I'm quick to say no but yeah I guess at that point you have to decide what's more important right and, and so and so I mean and, and I'm that, still sitting here so I chose, yeah yeah you know what I mean and and that's one great thing about my wife she's never made me try to to right. choose or change who I was like. Right. I mean, I met her in the club. <laughs> met her in the club. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, she didn't expect me to become somebody else after uh-huh. dating me. And, uh, right. you know, yeah. that's one thing that that's the reason why we've been able to last so long is because she's allowed me to be me and mm-hmm. vice versa. So mm-hmm. you know, as long as we support each other, then that's the word. Shout out wifey, man. Yeah. Shout out wifey. Um, and then, uh, last I just like, obviously we've talked about your come up, you know, the things you've been able to accomplish, things you've been able to do. Um, but obviously with the last year, yeah. huge left turn, you yeah. know, so being able to maintain, you know, that, um, that team Hennessy, how do you continue doing that besides the dinners? And then, um, just you as Rob, how do you continue to push Rob forward, uh, during a pandemic like this? Um, so yeah, so prior to COVID, like our title was, uh, key account managers for team Hennessy. And now we're uh, influencers. I mean, not in the term like loosely, like influencer in, in the sense that we really influence our market in different ways. Um, so a lot of it now is a lot of social media posts, um, small scale dinners, some bar spends here and there just to support the community, like mm-hmm. the places that are open. Oh, that's cool. Like we'll go in like um, our, yeah. uh, Rock and Ride Bar, for example. I'll just do like a spend at the bar and say, hey, just take care of cocktails for these people up to Samoan and close my tab out. Um, so things of that nature. Just to keep stay relevant, yeah. You know, not only with the the venue, but also with the consumers, like yeah, the ones yeah. that are choosing to still go out and showing faces. Yeah, like that is super important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then for me, you know, just just trying to stay in tune with what's going on, doing things like this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, this is my first podcast. Uh, yeah, this is my first we're, podcast. Yo, we're super happy. <laughs> I mean, this was, uh, uh, you know, we had obviously you know, in on episode 20 right now. And, you know, we've had a list of people that like we wanted to get on and just yeah. being able to maneuver that. And obviously, you know, you were one of them Ooh. having Sid as the connect. Yeah. You know, I appreciate him. Shout out to again. <laughs> um, and, yeah. you know, uh, being able to, you were super kind enough to come, even though like you and I had never met or no, anything like course, that. Man. And so we, we I mean, really appreciate that. That's how it works. Right. It's like a, a lot of connecting. Like I, and I call myself a connector. So mm-hmm. like if I hear of an opportunity, I'm like, all right, I know someone that can that can help you out or this would be great for this. Like and and that's what friends do, right? Like you you hear of an opportunity or like an opp- you know, whether it's to make money or to meet someone or whatever it is, like, hey, I got someone for you. Like here's this person. Like, you know, even like Cisco being um an untongue hero with the Celtics. Like mm-hmm. that was me make, you know, saying, Hey, I got mm-hmm. someone that would be great for this. My person reached out to to Cisco, they did an interview and he ends up being on on the Instagram. So like 
those type of things like come naturally to me it makes me feel good like i live for those things like i'm always right. happy to see connections being made and whatever it is whether right. you know i almost say anything you need you could call me i'll figure it out i'll help you get it right. um like right now um, my guy mick mick the mayor he's a promoter well not so much anymore now he's uh he's joining a tag football league uh for middle school i think elementary to middle school so now he's trying to raise funds for the program because he got higher referees has to have a uh emt on standby he wants to make it a travel team so that they can go visit other cities visit colleges while they're there and compete in other places so now now my goal is to help him raise those funds because that's huge for him so so these are those things that like you know i'm just always trying to help however i can damn what's at this point like what's what's a goal that you have beyond you at this point uh what's next for me uh honestly well i mean uh, yes what's next for you but uh, also like what's something that's like this is something that's like semi-attainable semi not attainable but this is what i want now like this is the next step that i want uh what i want next is actually uh black ownership in the city of boston like i want i want to own a venue whether it be a restaurant or a lounge like that's what that's what i see next for myself wow and and what's the the vision on that that venue uh just something that's welcome into all you know mm-hmm. something with a cool vibe a nice brunch scene good music i feel like that's one of the things that's really lacking in boston is like Having a good meal and having good music play, which is like I just so don't like get almost it. mundane and like it's like you go in and this is like elevator music in the background yeah. or some abstract like techno or EDM beat that you know no one really can vibe to. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like just playing in the background, you know. Mm-hmm. Like whereas you could be playing like R and B or or like some soul, some, some souls exactly yeah. like some from the seventies or eighties. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's just like stuff you can sing along to and like oh like you know stuff that brings you back or takes you somewhere else like nostalgic type of mm-hmm. like those are things that like make places memorable like mm-hmm. you go to eat in miami like some of these places like all of them, like you know all of them and some of it is like like top 40 music playing like yeah, but it's, but it's and giving it, you a, a good vibe to stay longer and keep going and yeah, you know so i always um like would go on these like rants about like you know us being from actually being from the Boston neighborhood yeah. and everything, and growing up here and everything, I go on these crazy rants sometimes. <laughs> where and one of them is like, "Yo, why do I have to? I have to go to downtown to be able to get a good drink and some good food. Yeah, why aren't there any places in Rosendale, in Dorchester, that like I can really just stay, get good music, get a good drink with my friends, yeah, eat really good food, and yeah. not have to go into downtown? Yeah, I mean, there there are they're there." I think you have to find them. Like I'm, I, like I'm learning about places all the time, and a lot of it is through social media. Like someone's posting, someone like, "Oh, I've never heard of this place," and you know, doing a little research. And mm-hmm. um, I saw something someplace in Waltham, and the food and the drinks look amazing. It's like something Wall Project. I can't, I can't mm. think of it off the top of my head, but um, check it out. Yeah, thousand dollar computer. Let's <laughs> <use it. laughs> um, I just started following like yesterday, and it was like craft cocktails. I think it was like different types of chef like cooking different ways and it mm. wasn't like the regular like off the grill type of um I don't know it was something unique about it. Yeah. But uh yeah, I feel like there are a lot of places sprouting up in different parts of uh Boston and outside of craft food halls. Craft food halls. Yes. Good thing you looked it up cuz that's not even Yeah, I thought I said I said walls but it was halls. Yeah, craft food halls. Dope. Dope. Yeah, that's something I definitely. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, so it was just super random. It came across like in my feed or something, or and then it was just like, oh man, like look at these drinks, look at this food. This looks amazing. Like, and yeah, 
like you yeah. said, it's sometimes you just think everything is in downtown proper way, but that's not the case. So. Yeah, and 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 that really is the power of social media. We had um the general manager of Bodega, Bodega Canal here, oh, uh, Jason. Yeah, uh, a few episodes ago, and and we talked about just like tell Jason he needs to get some Hennessy in there. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, and uh, but we talked about the importance of like Instagram ability. Yeah, like within just like venues or restaurants. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean, like, where. If you're able to do the large format stuff that everyone's taking pictures yeah. of, or like the painting that every oh, wow. girl does yeah, the IG yeah, yeah, on, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely, it goes a long way. Long and you, way. And it worked. It worked on you with this. Yeah. with this Waltham spot that yeah. you know you wouldn't have found otherwise. Unless yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was looking right. Yeah, um, and very important. Yeah, super super important. What are uh, just things that we should be looking out for? Um, things in the works. Uh, where can um, people find you? Well, my Instagram handle is I am Boston, which is also the coolest. <laughs> I mean, did you? Is it one of those things that you got it just from like early, early Instagram days and just kept it on lock? Or yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because I always said like I, because I travel a lot, um, I represent Boston. Like so, I say that I am Boston. It's not like a, you know, like an ego thing. It's yeah, literally yeah. like I, I represent the city that because a lot. It's funny like that's like I'm 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 42 so. Mm-hmm. Well, a long time ago, people didn't think there were any black people in Boston. <laughs> like, no, yeah. their, their only their only vision of Boston was like what they saw in like the real world. And mm. I don't even know if you're new. Like, no, I know the real world. I know the real So there was a Boston yeah, 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 season, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. you know, you know, I think there was like one one or two black people like the whole season, and then, right, like right. what's going on. Like, so like that was just one of those things. Like you know, I just felt the need to to lock that down and. That was me. Yeah, best best Instagram <laughs> in the city, for sure. It's it's funny uh, you saying that because uh, it's a random story. I, I went to Miami once with my boy, mm. and we were in the club just, like, going ham, whatever, whatever. And, you know, it's Miami, so you meet tons of people that are, like, not from Florida. And we just bump into these dudes that we just happen to be, like, partying with the last two hours. And I was just like, yo, like, where are y'all from? Yeah. They're like, oh, we're from Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. We just drove down here, whatever, whatever. I'm like, oh, dope. And they're like, where are you from? I'm from Boston. And they get, like, super serious. <laughs> and they just get real quiet. And one of them gets mad close to me, and he just goes, yo, Boston's strong, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he was like, yo, like, I've seen the movies. Like, 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 y'all really go through some shit over there. And I'm like, and, and, it's, and it's funny because I was like, if I just were to think of Miami Vice, I mean, Miami, I'll think of Miami Vice. Yeah, and, like, yeah. these movies from there. So if you... Never been to Boston. Right, you just right. think of the movies. movies. Yeah, and and so yeah. and they're they're like, you must be like a bad motherfucker. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like they probably just think I'm some like dude that has a gun on me yeah. that's like has a Boston accent yeah. from the project. Like, and I was just like, yo, this is wild. So yeah. you, you talk about like no, representation it, of, of Boston. Is, yeah, is it's it's funny. Up. It's yeah. all it's it, depending on who you talk to. It's it's a different yeah, yeah, perspective. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, any any new things plans that we should be looking out for? Anything like that? Um. Right now, you know, just some more dinners on the Hennessy side. Uh, like I said, we'll still be doing some some bar activations. Mm-hmm. Um, this Saturday, uh, I'll be watching the Canelo fight somewhere. I'm not sure where, but Canelo's <laughs> fighting. Uh, you know, he's a Hennessy fighter. So, um, yeah, nothing nothing crazy. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of things in motion, but until the, the ink is dry. Yeah, I, don't yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, so. Well, it's been a huge pleasure talking to you, hey, man. you too, man. And uh, your story is great. The experience is amazing. I'm sure people are going to, um, you know, be inspired and just being able to hear that, you know, yeah. you can go from A, get to B. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you speaking a lot towards uh, just how um, things can impact culture, you know, uh, imagery, 
everything like that has been super important and stuff Absolutely. that you know we've always wanted to have someone that could actually really speak to it yeah. with experience yeah. and uh, obviously you fit that bill so we really appreciate you hey, thank through. you for having me I appreciate it yeah. and, and good luck with the podcast and Dude, thank you man yeah, um, yeah. so follow him at I am Boston yes hard to forget <laughs> as always follow Dope Entertainment on Instagram Dope Entertainment Official my bad follow at but I know the DJ uh, on Instagram as well support the podcast follow me at Gimme Snacks and as always we'll keep coming out with the good content follow 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 like uh, reviews Share. Shares, comments, <laughs> absolutely everything you can do, share it to your mailman, um, and we'll see you next time. All right, peace.